The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on Station XD TV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KPSE Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 11 to 12 midnight, on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20, in Grand Junction, Colorado, as well as from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world, with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Kali for over 95 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continues the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience. Since wherever you are and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Something exciting is about to happen. For the spirit-filled believer, he or she is able to feel that excitement coming. We are about to celebrate the birth of our wonderful Lord and Savior. Of course, we know His birth took place so many years ago, but the celebration of His birth continues to bring joy to the faithful. 
The Apostolic Faith Church Choir under the direction of Choir Director Emilia Hahn will sing to the Lord and His angels a beautiful melody entitled Joy to the World, Hallelujah. The choir will be accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Paul Hawker Cotter on the organ. I invite you to sing along with the choir as the words appear on your screen. A beautiful opening to our program. Thank you, choir. Let's keep the excitement going by calling upon the members of the church band directed by yours truly. The band are rather ready to present to you their rendition of the number entitled, A Legend of Kings. <laughs> Thank you. 
The excitement of the Lord's birth was such that nature itself reverently honored his arrival. The creatures in the humble manger, our Lord's first home, bowed down to Jesus and quietly celebrated his arrival. Our souls for this morning is Pohaku Carter, and she will sing to the Lord and to you the wonderful song entitled, Mary's Little Boy Child. Pohaku will be accompanied by Iris Locke on the piano, Associate Pastor Marana Bing on the bass, and trusty Associate Pastor Evan Spoke Sr. on the guitar. Say you 
The church choir will sing their second number for today entitled, Alleluia. Thank you. 
Yes, saints and friends, follow him and you can be in the Master's fold. Thank you, choir. We're looking forward to celebrating the Master's birthday with our saints and family. The string section will play for you the song entitled, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. The vocal group known as the B.A. Degrees and directed by Paul Hawkgarter are ready to sing the glorious number entitled Changed by a Baby Boy. And it gives me great pleasure to dedicate today's number to a loving couple in the Lord. Their love for the Lord is evident as they faithfully attend services and continue to decorate the temple with the beautiful array of flowers enjoyed by the saints of God. Today's number is dedicated to Mr. and Mrs. Paul and Loretta Naki of Oahu. 
Brother and Sister Naki, may the good Lord continue to richly bless you both, strengthen and keep you safe in his precious care. Have a beautiful week in Jesus' name.
Shalom and good morning. I'm Associate Pastor Hilary Dendock, and I would like to repeat our television time station locations in a kindly ask for our viewing audience, especially if any you plan to visit or reside in California, that this telecast cannot be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPAC, Channel 13 Spawn Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KCY, Channel 9 in Southern California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KGZO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt City, Utah, and parts of that are right on From 11 to 12 a.m. on station KGBY TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Marrow Cable, Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our work and view our Kingdom Market Crusade telecast, it's entirely Please visit our website, JesusComingSoon.org, and I'll concern our schedule of garden services here in Honolulu, Hawaii. Service is held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel service at 10 a.m. and divided his services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begins at 9 a.m. and prayer service is held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. and on Fridays at 10 a.m. Our Kamiki Branch Church, located at 1361 gospel service is held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is served by neighbor Brand churches. The service was conducted by Pastor Razali Kathana Senior in Kanakakai Molokai, with Pastor Kenneth Alvira in Hainamari, with Pastor Walter Etienne in Hilo, Hawaii, Pastor Leonard Kiwana Senior in Kolon, Hawaii, with Pastor Hannibal Swami in Local Pekinawayan, and Pastor Vesta Farah in Pastor Kutubatam in the Philippines. You're welcome to attend these services regarding the church affiliations. There are no collections. Have you desired to volunteer to contribute to support this telecast and the Lord's work? You may do so by sending your donation address designated at the conclusion of the campus. Now I'd like to turn the program back to Head Pastor Milan Jr. who will bring forward a spirit-directed and spirit-defined sermon. Pastor Billy. Thank you, Jose. Some of you in our viewing audience are undoubtedly wondering if the participants in our telecast are compensated in any way to perform in the choir, band, or special vocal and instrumental groups. My answer is an emphatic no. Let me reassure you all that every person you see in our telecast are bona fide members of the Apostolic Faith Church who give of their total rehearsal and performance times as well as their talents, willingly from the heart for the glory of God and for absolutely no monetary gains of any kind. Contributions from our TV viewers are used in fact to help maintain these weekly telecasts and through your generosity and financial help, I'm able to bring forth such sermons as the one I have prepared for you today and entitled, The Customs of the People Are Vain. The scriptures as well as the subject matter for this morning warn us not to learn the ways of the heathen. The word heathen means any person or nation that neither worships nor believes there is a God, while the term vain means having no real value or significance, worthless, unprofitable. We who have been born again are not heathens, but have been called to be saints in Christ Jesus. The true born-again Christian has been drawn out of this sinful nature unto God, who was created in righteousness and true holiness. Therefore, and since the last days are upon us, one should be very conscientious of the Lord's righteousness 
and what God requires of us. Yes, viewers, you may ask, what has this to do with Christmas? Do you remember what a real Christmas is? As we approach the Christmas season, you'll find shop windows, decorations, newspaper advertisements, magazine articles, and other events round and about us to promote Christmas. Have you considered just what is being promoted? Like the unique and phenomenal event which took place in Bethlehem almost 2,000 years ago. Current customs prevent the true light of God to shine into the hearts of those who are lost in this sin-filled world. Just imagine, this significant event changed the course of history and affected the world in its entirety. No other birth has had such a great impact upon mankind. Let us read in Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, the 2nd to the 5th verses. Thus says the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heathen are dismayed at them. That is, those who did not know God and who did not trust in Him, were afraid of thunder and lightning, eclipses and comets, or any unusual thing that they might see in the sky. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fastened it with nails and with hammers that it moved not. They are upright as a palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither also is it in them to do good. Now don't those verses hit the nail right on the head. It's in regards to the perfect description of the Christmas tree. Let us review the course many will take in preparing for Christmas. Each year, efforts are taken to seek out a tree. Whether it be found in the forest or purchased at a store, one goes through great pains to get the best tree. The tree will be taken home, decorated, cared for, and placed in the most conspicuous area at the home for all to see. Next, family members and neighbors are all invited to the house to come and see the tree which has been erected in the home. Simultaneously, county officials use the media to warn the people of the dangers of having such a tree in the home and the precautions that should be taken to protect the home against theft and fire. Now, with all of this activity, do you think Christ is foremost in their hearts? I think not. Jeremiah tells us that the Christmas tree is the way of the heathen and a custom of the people of the world. Yes, the hearts of men have been polluted, and more attention is given to a decorative tree, Santa Claus, and merriment than to the life-giver himself, Jesus Christ. We should not liken ourselves to the heathen of Israel who made a figure with their hands and imaginations to convince themselves that God existed. You read in Ephesians, the third chapter and the 17th verse, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. It is through faith we recognize that the true tree of trees is our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the tree of life. Listen to Revelation 2.7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. From this tree, 
Mankind can have anything his heart desires. Everything and every gift is wrapped up in this one tree, which includes the trimming and decorations, no strings attached. This tree was kept from man after he sinned, but now it has been given back to the redeemed in the form of Jesus Christ. We read in Revelation 22, 14 and 15, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without our dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. The real meaning of Christmas is found in Christ Jesus. Oh, it is true that the world thinks of this glorious person as a tender little babe born in a manger. At each Christmas, the wonderful stories of the angelic choir, the wise men from afar, and the gifts presented to the babe are always recalled. However, the glorious light dawned only upon a few that this child was none other than the almighty God himself, who was from the beginning and who clothed himself in a human body prepared for him, so that the thoughts of God might be made known unto all men. We read in Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This scripture reveals that Christ came into this world to seek and to save that which was lost. Therefore, today is the day of salvation if you will but hear his voice. The born-again message, which was first preached by Jesus, aroused the curiosity of a Pharisee named Nicodemus. He was a very strict religionist. He celebrated the Passover, paid tithes, said prayers, brought sacrifices, and tried his utmost to keep the law. To him, the Lord Jesus said, ye must be born again. Turn to your Bibles, viewers, and you will find in John, the third chapter, and the fifth verse, verily, verily, that is to say, this is the truth, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And when God says you cannot, it means you cannot. Keeping the law, joining a church, living up to a religious creed or rituals will not save you. Hell will be full with souls of that nature because they fail to believe Jesus has set men free. What does it mean to be born again? It means to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ by immersion. Jesus tells us in Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. We see that baptism is essential to salvation. Our physical life begins by birth. Our spiritual life begins the same way. However, it is not done by joining a church and becoming religious. Yes, viewers, you cannot join the family of God. You must be born into it. You can't make a Christian out of anybody. True Christians are not made, they are born. And in what name are you to be baptized? Baptism must be administered in the name of Jesus. Please read Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Just imagine, 
In that one verse, two wonderful and enduring promises are given to you. If you are baptized in the name of Jesus, you will receive the remission of your sins. That is to say, the Lord will remove your sins as far as the east is from the west and will remember them no more. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which will afford you entry into heaven. The only evidence cited in the Bible to verify one has received the gift of the Holy Spirit is that of speaking in tongues or in unknown tongue. To confirm this, let us read in Acts 2, 4. And they, the 120, were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Receiving the Holy Ghost is something to see and hear. John reveals this phenomenon in chapter 3, verse 8. The wind bloweth where it listeth, pleaseth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. The wind is a reality no man can fully explain. Only a fool would say, I don't believe in the wind, because I have never seen it, and I can't understand it. Thus, one cannot explain the Holy Spirit. But his mighty power makes the harlot pure, the liar honest, the drunkard sober, the blasphemer prayerful, the proud humble, and the weak strong. The Apostle Peter, once empowered by the Spirit of the Lord, revealed the keys to the kingdom of God in the days subsequent to Pentecost. We read in Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In other words, without administering the name of Jesus in water baptism, one is not saved. Jesus is the only saved for this lost, dying, and sin-sick world. He gives us all the hope that we need for every tomorrow. He is the preeminent Savior. He was born to die for our sins, born to give us second birth, and born to take us home to glory. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 4, 16-17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Yes, these are comforting words for very true born-again Christian. Thusly, TV viewers, the salvation of your soul lies with the decision you make today. You may be saying to yourself, I find that hard to believe, that I am not saved. But isn't that what faith is all about? Believing and keeping his commandments. And yes, it is a difficult decision to make, being that we live in a generation with increasing corruption, deceitfulness, craftiness, lies, murders, thefts, and so forth. And such is the myth of Santa Claus. A recent magazine article stated that making Santa Claus real required white lies. A lie is a lie whether it's white or black. 
How do we explain the multiple Santas in the different stores? How does it get down the chimney? We not all have fireplaces, and more so in Hawaii. Moreover, how do we one day explain to our youngsters that the answers we gave them to these questions in the past were not truths at all? It is important for parents to be honest with their children, and the way to be honest is found in the Bible. Listen to Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I'm sure you will agree that the best training is to be an example. Therefore, according to the Bible, white lies are not permissible either. We should tell our children that the Santa Claus of this world is only a myth, a make-believe one, and that all the blessings flow from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the true giver of gifts. Jesus Christ is God's love gift to the world, and true born-again believers are the Father's love gift to Jesus Christ. Christmas should be a real celebration for everyone. If the real source of the blessings, who is Jesus alone, was allowed to emerge upon the Christmas scene. In addition, the Santa Claus image formulated by man promotes the idea that happiness comes through material things and that Santa dresses in red and gives away things which were actually bought or brought by other people. Though Santa has a beard, he is not Jesus. We are told in Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In other words, viewers, put Jesus first in your lives and bring yourself back to God. Then the material things will surely follow as you have need of them. We read in Luke 6.38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that he meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Yes, it is more blessed to give than to receive. However, it works both ways. To receive, one must give. And God loves a cheerful giver, not merely at Christmas, but at other times as well. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 9, 67, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall all reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Giving need not be done only at Christmas or Thanksgiving. Generosity in spirit and in work should be expressed every day of the year, especially where the poor and needy are concerned. Now here's some timely advice to all the children and teenagers. As a receiver of gifts, be content with what you receive for Christmas, your birthday, or other special events. Remember, your parents know what you need, and they are giving you gifts that arise from the heart as well as out of necessity. In other words, what you see is what you get. Suppress all negative behavior and act like men and women. Refrain from murmuring, 
and being disgruntled. For when you assume any of these attitudes, you become like the multitudes who rejected and crucified the gift that came down from heaven. Just imagine, his first trip down to earth was marred with humiliation, shame, and suffering. But that ordeal finally terminated. He is back in glory, for as the psalmist says, the king of glory shall come in. Another custom of Christmas created by mankind includes eating, drinking, and engaging in merriment. Therefore comes the phrase, Merry Christmas. The main attraction features liquor, that is alcoholic beverages. What is the Christian to do? Do we abstain or is it moderate consumption acceptable? The answers are found in the scriptures. Let us read in 1 Corinthians 10, 6. Now these were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. The setting up of that desire as an idol can be found in the seventh verse. Neither be idolaters as were some of them, as it was written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. The result of fellowship with the world and its pleasures is death, as we read in verse 8. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Can you imagine the destruction that came when they sat down to eat, drink, and be merry instead of praying? We should pray, Lord, help us to escape all these things. And I'm sure God, who is faithful, will not suffer us to be tempted above that we are able. But will with the temptation also make a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. One of the major problems that plague us today is alcoholism. It is a dilemma which is getting progressively worse and worse. If consumed wine drive gives one false hope and courage, hard liquor leads to confrontations, what fools men make of themselves, reeling to and fro drunkenly down the street. God tells us not to carouse with drunkards and gluttons, for they are on their way to poverty. You read Proverbs 20, verse 1. Wine is mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Alcohol ridicules and mocks a person. Reread in Proverbs 23, 29 to 30 and 35. Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine. They have stricken me, shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. It is forbidden for a Christian to drink wine or whiskey, lest he drink and forget his duties and his judgments be afflicted and perverted. We read in Proverbs 31, 405, it is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Today, many drink because they are depressed 
or stress has gotten the best of them. They drink to forget their poverty and misery. Remember, TV viewers, no matter how much you may drink, after it's over, the problem is still before you. Drinking never solves anything. It often makes matters worse. A sense of guilt develops, which can lead to more drinking and eventually alcoholism. America's major problem is not with drugs, but it lies with alcohol. We all know that drinking harms and endangers not only the drinker, but other innocent people as well. Small amounts of alcohol in the blood system can reduce one's coordination and reflexes. It can cause one to be overconfident and take risks such as driving too fast, passing at the wrong time, and so forth. Loss of coordination and judgment make drinkers accident-prone at home, on the job, and elsewhere. Losing work, Monday morning absences due to hangovers, or coming to work intoxicated may cost a person his or her job. Arrests for drunkenness or creating disturbances are not only embarrassing, but can mean a damaging arrest record. I am happy to see laws are being passed to protect the innocent and which give the offenders something to consider before he or she drives intoxicated again. Each year we have tragic accidents that needless loss of lives on the highways due to drunken drivers. If you drink, don't drive, as they say. Therefore, as Christians, we should abstain from alcohol. We of the Apostolic Faith Church preach abstinence, not moderation. Let us read in 1 Peter 4, 2-4, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past, our life may suffice us to have walked the will of the Gentiles when we walked in the lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banqueting, and abominable idolatries, where they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riots, speaking vile of you. The thing of this world will not bring satisfaction. Like unto Moses, we should make the right choice. Reading Hebrews 11:26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Jeremiah writes in Lamentations 3:40, let us search and try our ways, and turn again to the Lord. Yes, indeed, the customs of the people are vain. The tree, Santa Claus, alcohol, do not enhance our salvation or worship. One iota in the eyes of God. But such practices continue to prevent one from entering into the kingdom of God. Now, if you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. Closing this sweet hour of fellowship with you will be our church band once again to play the song entitled, Do You Hear What I Hear?
the preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.